1: and welcome to an an episode potentially the last no one's quite sure of my turn the website formerly known as waypoint formerly known as vice games formerly known as waypoint formerly known as vice's new gaming websites movie podcast every once in a while we would come together to discuss loosely related movies this time we are discussing the 2016 science fiction film about translation arrival joining me today is colonel rob zachney hello hello the likely emotionally devastated Patrick Klepek.
2: Don't get me started. Also, just as a, as a, lore, as a lore note, uh, if you go to, if you look up Waypoint Radio on Acast, who provides our advertising and infra- hosting uh-huh. infrastructure, it is still listed as Vice Gaming's new podcast because that is how I personally registered because Vice did not have a podcast infrastructure and so it's just like, I'll just go f- figure it out and upload it.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and Waypoint's own podcast science officer, Ricardo Contreras. Uh, hi hi how's that are you good are you gonna sit
0: down this time <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be on the episode kato i'm here mm-hmm. i just needed to go yeah. get my notes because i don't live my life in uh four dimensions so i can't remember everything okay. <laughs> that has happened or will happen well, <laughs> I really neither can she was just
2: winding up for like to
3: take a shit on us it was just like <laughs> Unlike the rest of you. I don't live to podcast. I have I have a life of my own. <laughs> wow. God.
1: Oh. Um, Arrival follows a story of Louise Banks, played by Amy Adams, as she attempts to translate a complex alien language following first contact, while struck by memories of a daughter who passed from a rare disease. The movie focuses on her consistently antagonistic relationship to the American military officers who brought her to the aliens and her relationship with Ian, no one's quite sure, played by Jeremy <laughs> Renner. At the film's climax, it's revealed that the alien language has allowed her to see through time, and that the dead daughter she spent the entire movie thinking about has, in fact, not been born yet. She successfully manages to get the world's militaries to stand down and not blow up the aliens through the power of love, and then goes on to have a child with Ian, knowing her tragic fate. Uh, The the film's plot is actually relatively simple, despite its two-hour runtime. Um... And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really curious. What is everyone's like actual like relationship with this movie? Because like I'd never seen it before uh, and like had heard things about it uh, and and was kind of like caught off guard by how well like the emotional core of it like hit for me. Uh, and so I was kind of curious as to like what other what everyone else's relationship with this movie was.
2: Has everyone else seen it before? What, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have. Okay. I, I see Did anyone
0: else too. see it in theaters? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Fuck yeah! I wish
1: I'd seen this in theaters. Yeah, especially. Oh, I was ahead. just
0: gonna say, especially a theater with a good sound system. The mix mm-hmm. on the on the soundtrack in this movie is fucking spectacular
3: when the jet flies overhead with the theatrical mix uh (laughs) it is one of the most terrifying like it it just makes you flinch and like uh yeah i was i was watching it through apple tv the through through the headphone mix it's it's mixed down i think leveled a bit through through apple so you don't get the true sorry denny vilnev uh i think has some of the most aggressive sound mixing Mm -hmm. I've ever seen of a director and that's not always a good thing. Like I think if you go back to listen to our Blade Runner 2049 show universally, we were kind of like in a place where it was like it crossed a line and uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the theater uh, in terms of just how overwhelming it is. But I think Arrival's a quieter film and those yeah. moments where it really announces itself. Uh, are are really really effective uh the the score that is that is used uh as well as the the pieces they they've selected for accompaniment are gorgeous like it's a, it's a it's a beautiful sounding uh yeah. film and not quite as oppressive as some of Villeneuve's other uh soundscapes
0: no and i think specifically the the there's some stuff they did with the surround ter- surround sound uh scoring that i thought was just like really beautiful and on subsequent watches has you know it's very obvious they know what they're doing uh this is a movie that i think changes a lot on a subsequent watch honestly
2: uh yeah like one would be that uh the the moment when the jets are flying overhead when like the initial landings are occurring uh reminded me of the sequence in andor when they make a tie fighter seem Really scary. Um, like how, I've heard a jet engine. <laughs> I've seen a military jet go over. I've heard that noise. I know it. I'm familiar with it. It shouldn't surprise me. And yet, the way it's mixed and presented mm-hmm. in here feels extremely scary. And the way that I've seen a tie fighter a bajillion times, like that, shouldn't be a scary object for me to look at. And that sequence in Andor was like, oh fuck! Like there actually is a way <laughs> to frame this stuff, mix it, and 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 make it seem uh, scary uh, and frankly alien uh, to to some degree. Uh, yeah, I, I think believe. I told the story at one point or another or maybe I said it when we were debating arrival as a, a possible follow-up, but I uh made the tragic mistake of uh, picking this film as one of the first things that my wife and I did. We are both b- love watching movies specifically love going to the movie theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. like the whole arc of like going to a, going to dinner, going to see the movie. like it's a, a big part of of uh, when we first started dating and it's something that is carried into our marriage and even having kids. and so I think we saw. The very disappointing uh, Blair Witch Project to or Blair Witch, I think is what it was called. Um, uh, and that movie sucked. Uh, I did not like <laughs> it. And then we went, the second t- night out was to go see Arrival. And I don't remember the trailer. I'm sure we watched it, or my wife just sort of trusted that it was going to be a good time. But I did not know going into the movie that the, like, a, a framing device for it was about the, the loss of a child. And so uh, I... That didn't oh. hit me as hard because I don't know how old my kid. Well, well, when is this? When is Arrival?
0: Twenty sixteen. Right. Yeah, but like yeah, when the
2: 2016? actual when matters, 2016. Yeah. August twenty sixteen is when my my kid is born, and so this is September twenty sixteen. So they they are like <laughs> two weeks old. So maybe this actually is the fir- maybe the first movie we went and saw. I, oh I, I don't know. Gosh. Maybe I'm mixing up the timeline. So oh, we have a newborn no, right Patrick. They're extremely tiny. Um, like it is hard to even the film does not uh, convey it's a movie good about scale hard to convey the scale of like a newborn child if you've not been around one that mm-hmm. is like a couple of days a week old it is just like <laughs> even when they're not premature like just unbelievably tiny and so when this movie opens with this my wife understandably looks to me bawling and also very upset like is this what the whole movie is and I'm like ah, I, I saw the <laughs> spaceships like I love <laughs> alien it's about I aliens like, I don't know <laughs> Uh, and so that, you know, and then the movie, you know, had had plenty going on other than that, even though that is obviously an emotional undercurrent, uh, frankly, at the heart of the film in a lot of ways. And then revisiting it, I had forgotten the, tw- the last twist, the whole bit about like w- where the daughter exists in the time frame. And I watched this early. And I poured my coffee like this wasn't a movie I was going to watch like with a beer. I was like, I-, I think I would be too emotional with like liquor in my system. Like, let's try and do this. Dead sober and and see how it goes. And what I had not remembered was that like the kid is like, I was like, oh, I guess the kid dies when like it's a newborn. Like that's tragic, but like very early in life, like, yeah. Uh, like I'm not yeah. saying it's good, but it's like okay. And it's like this it starts going through the timeline. No, she does like, like just 13, this morning 14. walked my my, my six year old like to school, like hugged her, gave her a kiss. Like there's a lot of scenes in this of like a kid at the age of like six to ten. Um I think would actually you know, when the when the daughter actually passes, it's you know seems like it's an early teenager or something like that. But uh I like when my dad died, it unlocked crying at like things. Like I cried, but like movies. Like hallmark commercials, like something just sort of turned on me when when he passed, and then but there are there are like stages of emotional reaction. There is tearing up. I do it t- literally everything. Like mm-hmm. it takes nothing to be for me to tear up. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say I love that we have this solidarity between you and I in this moment <laughs> because I will I will I don't weep. At, well, sorry, I, we, I weep at media, but like I I I cry every now and then. Yeah, but I will tear up at the at the stupidest fucking shit you've yeah. ever seen. I hate
3: well, it. I'm also sensitive to when it's just also so hokey and like 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 that will also get me to tear up if it is like oh this is bad art. And sometimes I, there will be like a cringe tear up where it's like <laughs> oh my god. But then it's like I do not explain that where I'm like oh no I'm not. Well, I am overwhelmed by. It. An emotion, but it is like it is difficult to quite explain why this is producing this reaction.
1: Yeah, I I hate it when a dog shit piece of media gets me. Like I've been, uh what was it? I've been watching uh my girlfriend and I've been watching like the fucking uh, sitcom Superstore, which is like a pretty funny show. It's like I've, a funny, yeah, I've heard yeah, that as far as show. like
2: like modern sitcoms go, like, I've yeah, often been described so. as heartwarming. Take it.
1: <laughs> Rob, it's a little bit too heartwarming at times. Yep. Uh, I've found the nature it a little bit too heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> my heart was too warm and then it started melting out of my face. <laughs> That's crazy.
2: Well, um, and so that there's 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 tearing up which is all the time, daily basis. There's crying which is just doesn't take me a whole lot to get pushed over that that edge. Um and then there's this which is far rarer which I would call um exhausted sobbing, like <laughs> barely catching my breath, like was was genuinely taken aback at my reaction yeah. to it. I was like, I, I knew what I was getting into broadly, but, uh, the fact that I have seen, and frankly, there's a resonance with where this movie lands, what, what it is saying, like Louise's decisions. Um, uh, and I think that was part of my reaction to like, my stronger reaction was like seeing my kid, you know, uh, you know, my oldest be almost six years old and then reflecting on the journey I've had with them over that time. And then having this put in the framework of like a movie about like, well, what if you knew when the, when the bomb went off, so to speak?
1: Uh, while also in the middle of, you know, the website that we've, Worked for between financial
2: instability and I'm like wondering. It's like, well, so much you're putting money way into the college fund. I every sob is just knowing my child is a little more in debt when they turn eighteen. Yeah, and, and
1: well, there's also like, there's also like the fact that this is a movie for me about like choosing to live with grief and like accepting that like making the decision to do it anyways, making the decision to like care anyways in spite mm-hmm. of knowing when the bomb is going to go off and. <laughs> We hear Waypoint Radio. <laughs> Rob, that's what you're saying.
3: But I think one of the things that, like, when I look at this picture, I think there are times that Villeneuve reminds me a lot of Christopher Nolan, uh, both mm-hmm. in terms of, like, they're both directors who get a reputation for are and are frequently empowered by Hollywood to mm-hmm. make some of the biggest uh like highest budget like like most large scale films that you still get in the industry and i think they can both have a certain um iciness to their aesthetics in a lot of places there's yeah. there's a certain antiseptic quality to a lot of their filmmaking and but i think one difference is that i think Vilnev's visual style tr- trends in that way but thematically he does not work that way like he's still is very interested in fully realized characters but where I look at this is in a lot of ways I can see this this is so close to being classic uh Nolan esque film where it is being driven by a central conceit. Like there is a, Mm -hmm. you know, there is what should feel like a twist reveal, but it's hinted at so many times that by the time the reveal has happened, you're almost living in the same sort of dislocated state as Louise herself. The point is not to like trick you as to, oh, this is what is going on. It is instead to get you to go on this journey with Louise, which I think is a key difference between Arrival and a lot of other films. And And I was sort of struck by like. Watching it this time, I had remembered it having sort of this like, um, yeah, sort of this reveal, like it being a movie with a with a sort of a high concept conceit for sure. Mm-hmm. But I was really impressed by how much the movie is not driven by that. The movie is not constructed around concealing what is happening here.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I also think that, like, one of the things I, 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 so here's the thing I didn't know the twist. I didn't, I, I Renata, did not go into this movie knowing the the thing that happened. I
2: don't think it has a reputation for that, which is helpful, where, uh, yes, there is, a, like, there is a twist to the storytelling structure and the framing. But I, like, if you were to, uh, like, read a list of, like, top 10 movies with twists, like, I don't think Arrival lands on it. I don't think that's how it's, like, thought of in the culture, as like, damn, you got to watch this because what happens at the end is going to blow your mind. Like, right. if, it, like, if anything, it's like a real compliment to the filmmaking and the storytelling that it just slots in like it, we twist is the accurate way to describe it because it's a reframing of what you've what you've seen. But like, I think twist often is thought of as a kind of a gotcha um, yeah. or it's cheap. And I just don't think there's anything cheap or, or gotcha about about this.
1: No, not at all. I also think that like so much of like my first like, you know, couple hours with uh, first like hour of this film for me was like, watching it and seeing um, our, like, central character, Louise, as, like, fundamentally colored by grief. So much of the way that this film, like, follows her and, like, sees her move through spaces feels like watching someone who's grieving. And then knowing that this is just what she has been living in, is this, like, perpetual stream of painful memory, while removed from its context, is, like totally recontextualizes uh, what we've seen to that point in a way that I like kind of really love. Um,
2: um, As a, as a parent, you like, so it's, it's portrayed in the film on your first watch as sort of uh, you're you're assuming we're getting some non, like this happens as a, as a a prologue, like this is ahead of the events. Um, But as a parent, like you are constantly having what you, you, I guess you could call a premonition or like thoughts about horrible things that could happen to like your children, your family, and you sort of have to live with the idea that this thing you have invested so much of yourself in could at like the snap of a finger disappear. And yeah. you, it is about living with sort of like the risk calculation, the emotion, like the emotional calculation you have made about building this thing around you. Yeah, you know, I don't know when the jig is up necessarily, but like I know that it could be like any day. And like that is, it is common to have that level of, premonition like feeling about horrible things that could happen mm-hmm. that would that would remove the foundation the emotional foundation you have built for yourself and so i like really empathize with like the way it is structured in there because even though we are given a technical explanation for like why why it is occurring to louise that is like incredibly common at, for for parents
1: i mean even outside of parents i just want to say that like as someone who's lived through a lot of like i've i've had a lot of family members pass uh, like a like a kind of like a staggering number, uh, and it, a grief will do that to you. Like it, it does just leave you in this place where you go into everything doing that calculus, uh, and like having to make the conscious choice to care about things in spite of knowing the score. Um, and and I think the film like pulls that off like really well.
3: Well, something I find like so interesting in this film is to like. The movie certainly sets you up to feel as if, yes, the loss of this child is, uh, like prologue to the action of this. And when we meet her, she's in that, uh frankly deeply improbable uh waterfront fucking chateau frank, frank uh, lloyd
1: Wright house the fuck are we doing
3: <laughs> it is it is so funny yep just just a just a humble linguistics professor at what looks you know at a, at a nearby college okay, but uh in she's the, the in foremost the
0: linguistics professor like she's only I, I second on the list when the fucking aliens arrive you know that's pretty high profile at that point <laughs>
1: Wait, wasn't she actually, was she second on the list or was she first on the list? She She was was, first. She was second. She was first. No, no, they go to her first and then they go, we're going to go to Danvers. And she was like,
0: but the guy, the way the guy explains it is that Mm -hmm. she still has her top secret clearance and it's not And that's why she He literally says, that's why I'm here and not in Berkeley. Mm. got it yeah, so yeah. she was technically the second choice although she actually should have been the first choice like we learned that the gotcha on the, on the no but all that is all of that is, is in funny. the
3: context of a negotiation <laughs> yeah. where it is like don't press us too hard because we can go to their real first choice but actually she's the first choice yeah. and she calls their bluff
1: yeah uh, the, but, the gotcha though is so good real i just want to note that her being like hey could you deliver this burn to this motherfucker who lives on the other side of the country for me. Like, I don't, we don't talk like that, but I need you to deliver this burn for me. And then I'm just going to like chill out over here for a little bit. It's It's just like
0: delicious. It's a really funny moment that also like does a really good framing of just like language is fuzzy y'all like be aware. Like we like take it for granted how much, uh, meaning can be, Shifted around like the meaning of words, you know, like, but it like does a really good moment of just like remember, like words often have multiple meanings, and you can see the direct line between. So, what is it? Was a Farsi word, right? I forget the exact word. No, it's Sanskrit. It's the Sanskrit, Sanskrit. word for war or for war.
1: Yeah, which is either,
0: uh I believe, it was an argument, an argument uh, or a desire for more cows. Cows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like this idea that like. The, the like origin or like like base meaning of something will shift and change over time and also kangaroo. just like can, the kangaroo <laughs> thing is also a funny like bit just because it's like Oh, that's not true, but it makes my point.
3: <laughs>
1: <It> makes <laughs> so me wonder if she's just amazing. fucking lying about the Sanskrit word for cat for the Sanskrit word. I think word that for one words. has to be real
0: because they must have gone to look it up, right? That's I'm how she sure. Well, I think there's right. a third party. I think yeah, that's the thing is exactly. like,
3: like the minute she like uh, my my feeling about <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's character is that the minute that challenge is put down, he needs to understand why it's put down and why like and and probably goes to see what this guy says. But like at the start of the film it just it all feels like she is in the wake of the death of a child yeah. and certainly the color palette and the um it's uh it's, it's Max Richter piece right uh the that's the, playing yes, throughout yeah like
2: the ori- the uh, opening and concluding uh track yeah. um it was most recently featured in the last of us it's using a ton of so it's, it's using a lot i guess it, uh, and and richter uh he was the composer of, like, The Leftovers, like, which has a very similar sort of soundtrack to this. And weirdly enough, I was reading that because, like, it's hard to imagine those scenes without the Richter track. Like, it's extremely powerful and evocative. It disqualified this film from being nominated for uh, the score for an Oscar because the thought was that it, if you remove those, like, those elements are enough to sort of, like, make you confused on the contributions of the composer, which I think is bullshit. Johansson.
3: Uh, yes. yes the, yeah. Yes. And like, so, but looking at the, the way this film opens with her sort of appearing to be in the state of grief, I think like looking at it from the advantage of it, like knowing the full story now, I, I also kind of wonder if there's a, if what we are seeing is like, one, is this just kind of just how her life is before this, uh, this event, uh, which is that she's sort of a w- withdrawn academic, a bit isolated, or is it that throughout this entire film, everything we see is colored by her awareness. Uh, like the, the texture of the memory has changed, right? That like even memories before she met Ian and had a kid and lost a kid, even those now when we mm-hmm. see them have this like slightly tragic quality to them uh, because they're now recontextualized by their, the before time to a great loss uh, which, which is kind of the like, Gift and curse that she's given at the end like she will never experience time the same way that other people do and so she will always live with that, you know, foreknowledge of both the exact amount of joy that, you know, life will hold for her and the exact amount of grief um, and there is no there is no like blissful ignorance even in the past now for her
0: yeah
1: god we also just as just regarding like the the use of foreknowledge in this movie the fact that we know from the jump that ian is going to fuck off the second he learns like what she knows ugh brutal 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 abso- absolutely absolutely devastating I, I,
2: that did not that 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 little bit had not really set, like settled with me as much on the first time around, and I really sat with it like, the second <laughs> yep. time around because I don't. I mean, you can't make a calculation of, like how you know the happiness of a life and what makes no. like what fulfills a meter to be like it worth living. But the notion that I mean, the, I mean, we can get this later. Like the question of free will is not really addressed. Like it is left purposely kind of mm-hmm. open ended uh, a bit in terms of like what you can and cannot change as a result of your sense of the scale of time, like time as a, as a, as a more complicated concept than we as humans perceive it. But the notion that, you know, Louise proceeds with the child knowing what awaits them. I, I certainly found myself not, I mean, leaving is like, (laughs) that's tough, but boy, like making that choice, you've made that choice for that child in some ways. And that is, yes, it's what, like, if you were to tell me, like, because I was like, well, you know, uh, I, when I was talking about the the, the movie on Twitter uh, a little bit ahead of this, it's like, look, I don't know what's going to happen to my kids, right? Like, but if you told me that, like, my daughter was going to die at eight, uh I do not know. if I And I could have the, if it's free will exists. Like, I have foreknowledge of, like, on the path I am on that results in a child that passes at the age of eight. I would not choose to have that child. I do not think I, like, should be allowed to make that choice to bring them into the world knowing that awaits Mm -hmm. them if i don't know what awaits them like we don't not know what awaits any of us right (laughs) like like cancer could be in me right now and takes me out a year from now but like the notion that that exists and then judging turns out like 14 years is good enough and well that's and you're gonna make me pretty happy during those 14 years you know what i mean I, i mean no easy answers on that it's complicated but like ah that rubbed me the wrong way
3: the the second time around I mean, it's it's incredibly like it's an aspect of this that is like it it is uncomfortable to sit with because like she signs a kid up to die of what looks like a pretty horrible cancer um, and like goes goes ahead with that. But there's also kind of some implications that the fact of the child's existence is also a key component of why they're able to like reach a rapport and have this breakthrough with. The aliens right. that like the child is like carrying bits and pieces of the like mental Rosetta Stone she uses to figure out what the aliens are trying to tell her. So there there is an aspect of like it is the fact that she's granted this glimpse that also like is the key to helping her understand exactly what the aliens are trying to get at and exactly what it is they're proposing to give humanity. Uh But yeah, it's it's a it's It's an incredible gut punch uh, here, and there you know all these things, you always end up with questions about like, why can't you you know, you could change the you could change the future a little bit, right? Like you could have that conversation with Ian in advance and like get on the same page about like here, or even like, your daughter,
2: right? like would one part of the what is given to Louise as a, a gift or like, what, what could be given to humanity is if you knew what was coming? How would you live your life? Um, yeah. And, you know, I, the the answer that Ian has, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, like, you know, I would speak more, like, honestly, like, more immediately to try and, you know, enact that change. I mean, she is given a very clear opportunity to tell her daughter, I know that you're going to die and, like, you can have that information and choose to do with that what you wish with the rest of your life. There's a gift she could give the daughter but I think selfishly chooses to not tell her. I mean, it's a burden as well, but like, I've already it's, made this, you've already made this gambit. It is yeah. can exist. Like to, 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 to suppress the knowledge that, you know, what will happen to them, I think is, is, undeniable. which is,
3: I think the real thing that drives Ian away is yes. like the sheer like not only is he out of the loop on this discussion, but like from then on every, you know, she, the daughter says like, he doesn't look at me the same way. And I think it's because at every turn you're having these moments of like, yeah. what do I do here? Like, how do I how do I address this person? Now, the funny thing is, I think sort of makes this so effective is that to a degree, this is just a heightened and more pointed version of the decision everyone makes when they decide when they decide to like bring a kid into the world yeah. Yeah. like this. Is, like Here's the thing. It might happen when, it, when a kid is 14, it might happen when they're 80. But like, you know, you whenever you have a kid, you are si- you are signing up a being to like go through. The Existics. process of death, whatever that is. Yeah, exact exact. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, like, a, it's, it's a
0: difference it, in scale, obviously. But I think yeah. to some point the story is trying to consider that. Like we all know where it ends. Death. Yeah. Like all of us will die someday. Knowing and it's that. It's probably
3: going to be a less like pleasant and peaceful experience than we might hope. Yeah. Like and that's that's also part of the deal.
0: And so like it becomes very much about the kind of experiential you know, like, going through, of li- like, continuing of life. Like, the, the it's, well, it's a little bit, Because right. she
2: is centered in this whole story. Yeah. Like, well, it is all loops, like a planet uh, around her. It is, it, it, like, it, we are framed through her. Yeah. It is her, you know what I mean? Like, you're right, like, I, I think that's a broader philosophical message of, of the film that you can walk away from, but also, like, the movie provides no agency uh, for, for the other characters to participate in that process.
3: But, we see the we see how the aliens address this when like when they describe like where is uh, is a Costello the one who dies Abbott I Abbott so, yeah. where's Abbott and the answer is Abbott is death process yeah. and like part of it also is the thing that she also gets from the aliens to a degree is that the heptapods uh, the thing that she she gets from them is this idea of like. Outcome is not necessary. Like yes, there's an inevitability to de- demises and such, but like from the perspective she is she is given, there is also this. I think like she's kind of rendered a bit alien from from normal human experience by being given this, but I think part of it is also you also suddenly recontextualize things in terms of a person exists for a while and they bring a certain amount of happiness and joy into their lives and the lives of other people. And then inevitably that like that span will, that span will reach its terminus. And from the perspective of the aliens, like it sort of seems like this is you take all of it, right? It's, it, it's not, you, you take it all as it comes because this is just how life tends to play out. And so there is no, sense of um there's not the same sense of tragedy where it's like oh life was supposed to be on this trajectory and then something happened and now we're in the realm of tragedy it's sort of taken as a whole all at once and mm-hmm. that is just kind of a you are able to make light make of life what it is mm-hmm. and not exist completely in the space between like hope and disappointment which is where a lot of us like find ourselves living linearly
0: And there's like, uh, you know, I mean, there's also the the whole, like, taken another way, the idea of them living non-linearly and, like, kind of experiencing different times at the same time. Oh, like, here's, this is the, the fundamental, quote-unquote, trick that the movie plays, right? Like, you assume on first watch, the things that she's experiencing are memories, right? Like, ultimately, going through a life, like, even when a person does pass out of it, you always still have the memory of their existence right like it's the way that like yeah we are linear linear beings that exist in linear time mostly but like you know like you can have dreams that are so real that like it's like reliving the moment even if it's shifted because dreams always shift things but still it's that's I feel like that also is a thing that the movie, well, like, obviously is, like, getting at. It's just, like, there, there's, yeah, there's always, like, and, like, you know, people uh, refer to this a lot as well. Like, if you think about um, the way people think about legacy or the, the, what they leave behind as being, like, important, it's because there's the idea that... The way people remember you remember you is is as important as what you do on a day to day basis. Which, like, you know, yeah, depending on like the 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 use the use case, like you get like a, um, you know, the like power hungry version of that, like versus like the idea of like I'll be immortal because I'll be remembered for all time. Ozymandias bullshit, or mm-hmm. the, the like, more kind of grounded like your loved ones will still hold and cherish the memories they have of you after you're gone. One thing I
1: will say that I, th- I think is really interesting here, because I want to return to something that Rob said a minute ago, was that, like, by the end of this movie, Louise's experience of being alive is now fundamentally alien to literally every other person she's ever mm-hmm. met, uh, other, th- other than the heptapods, because, like, I, I-, I cannot imagine how completely that would reframe your understanding of death to like, to like, because like effectively we, the movie seems to imply that Louise can theoretically at any moment live in any other moment of her life. Right. And like the moment that is the case for you, suddenly the calculus on death completely fucking changes. Um, And like the, the, the thing that I think is, is, that, you know, Patrick, the you, you talking about like agency and her daughter's agency here um, that I think is lost both on this film, but also on, on the character is the fact that like not only does she lack agency, but at this point, Louise is making a decision for her daughter using a different framework of being than what her daughter will experience. Um, Like she we don't see her teach her daughter that language. We know that she can, right? Like, we know that, like, fundamentally, this is a thing that that, that she could be capable of understanding. uh, And that is not given to her in a way that, like, almost makes it feel like the movie is, like, raising up Louise as this, like, fucking superhuman who is the only person capable of actually understanding this, this, like, mode of being. Um, I feel... in, In a way that, like, kind of... It, do the you, aliens provide
2: I, a gift or are they just really fucking up humanity this is like this elite is the elite class thing. of intellectuals because it doesn't sound like Ian learns the language you like know what I mean she
0: like writes books you see her teaching but I wonder how much of that is like but we can never go there's like a if she's basically found a line where yeah. before this you will still experience time normally because it would just it's I think in the end it's both a blessing and a horrible curse right it is both of these things to kind of live this way uh
3: So the thing is, I think like their language is a product of how they perceive existence in time.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: She translates the language. When they put her in the mist (laughs) and like imbue her with their uh, (laughs) etch-a-sketch like dust she gets the perception. Well,
0: well I, I, she, I will she's, say th- she's having this, that perception much earlier in the movie. Yeah, this movie believes in the
1: Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. Like it, it, yeah. it fully, it fully does believe in Sapir-Whorf. That's why. Um, it, that's why they bring it up like right near the beginning.
2: Right. Do You want to explain that in case someone has not immediately rewatched yeah, this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, uh, basically, it's a theory that the language that you learn structures uh, your thought. Uh, and and you're like the possibility space that your imagination has access to is defined by the first language you learn, or at least at the very least your primary language. So to learn a new language is to learn a new way of being. Uh, and that is something that this 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 movie pretty clearly believes, like wholeheartedly um and makes the case over and over again. um. Well, hang know, on. I don't I don't
3: know that it believes it in wholeheartedly. I think mean, it creates a conceit where it's absolutely true, right? Like right. they yeah. create a yes. the language exists because the aliens have special superpower that is like beyond our capacity to fully understand. So like the language But she
0: starts to get it when she starts to understand the language. Like the first time she like bowls over and like looks like what she's having is like a panic attack and then a, a sense memory of her child, that happens before she goes in the mist. And, there is also, there is one oh, yeah. thing that like gives them an out if they want if they want it narratively is that it's also I believe the first time she touches the glass with her hand right there's physical contact there which you could say is maybe that's when the transfer starts to happen but I do think the reason they bring up that theory is because they actually want that to be what you're thinking about as as yeah. these memories which are actually the future. Well, gives the audience
2: happening. a framework to think about it. too. Yeah. Yeah. it's that's right. not just like. A waving a magic, you know, a magic uh, wand. Uh, it's like, oh, okay. There's a science term for it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the only, the only, you know, pushback I'll say is that, you know, the the, the way that they use, like, you know, oh, they're communicating through mahjong. Uh, and that, like, fundamentally structures how they are interpreting every single thing that is coming out of their, like, the the um, heptapod that, like, China is, is interfacing with. Yeah. Uh, everything is being filtered through the language of conflict. Uh, and that, like, fundamentally shapes how they approach that. And so I think that, like, the movie does go a little bit beyond making an argument that it is... Um, A a fantasy conceit and is is useful in this one instance, instead by you know invoking it in that other other way, begins to make an argument that like the superior warf hypothesis is like just true. Um, at least the film is making that argument, it feels like. Um Yeah, I just
2: I feel like the film is making that as a means to an end. I don't like think the filmmakers, or at least that's my interpretation, is like this is just a convenient narrative device Mm -hmm. to get us to this point, as opposed to like, hey, actually, like. You know, like this is what we this is how we think language Uh, works.
3: Yeah, I I think I think it is part of the conceit for for sure. I just don't know that the film is super invested in unpacking and analyzing uh, the Warfian hypothesis. Um, It's like purposely wishy
2: washy. It's like, look, we need to get here. Like this helps us get there. And uh, uh, I just don't know that. I think I think you can poke a lot of holes in this film. Yeah, but I just don't think it matters because it's just not that concerned about those holes necessarily.
0: It is partially uh, structurally a little uh, weird, but um, focused on the the emotional and the experiential, which I think is kind of what the the the, the sort of um, uh, message or not message, but like the the message that they want you to kind of walk away with, right? Is the idea of living life as an experiential thing. Uh, which is why, like, in this changes. conversation, I feel like I can
2: come across as like, I think what Louise did is, is like unfathomably cruel. <laughs> I just don't think that's what the movie wants. Like, I think you can have that feeling on the character, right. It's which is something that sort of comes out of like a discussion on a podcast where I have to start like expressing these feelings. But like, the feeling I have coming out of the movie both times is not that. It is like, it is exactly what you're saying, Kata. was like, life happens, be in the moment, experience what you have with the people that you have. For as long as you have it, because it can disappear. And I feel like that—that that is what the movie is saying. Because like mm-hmm. so much of like logic, bits of how this film work, like it—I it just, just don't think it cares that much. Not that it doesn't care; like it is trying to build a structure. But I just think it is very like there's a reason that music is there, right? <laughs> like they are going for like an emotional punch that I think lands really well. Because I just don't. I can sit here and be like, I think I think Louise is a bad person, but I don't <laughs> actually believe that. You know what I mean? Like right, I think right.
0: like I can give you like, the logically for that. I can I can work
2: through yes, why I, can I get feel this way. way. I can lay out why I think like this movie <laughs> portray is like actually holds a super villain like <laughs> as their main character and and they make you cry around that. But I don't I don't think that's the feeling and message of well, the movie. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like a movie that this reminded me a lot of particularly around like the the death of a child and like Louis Louis like sitting with that. Um the other movie this reminds me a lot of is Tree of Life. Uh, I was gonna say,
0: when earlier when you were talking about the, diff- the the aesthetic differences or similarities rather of Nolan and Villeneuve, uh, I immediately thought like, okay, but Villeneuve in this movie specifically is channeling Tree of Life. For a lot of, yeah. the, especially the opening pro, like pro prologue, whatever sequence, uh, the like. And I think you are both thinking yeah. of
3: the, the, the finale of Tree of Life, right, which is about <laughs> yes. like a a family with a complicated, at times very obscurely told uh, saga <laughs> in Terrence Malick's Tree yeah. of Life is reckoning with the death of one of two sons. Uh, in this family and it is a shattering moment for uh, the surviving brother it also is like touching on wounds that have existed in that family for a, a long time and sort of the the end of that film so the film is also about like the cycles of life that like, you know, just as like humans are born, they live, they, they die. There are cycles of extinction. The film draws like explicit parallels between extinction cycles on earth and the inevitability and tragedy of like the end of an individual life that like death comes for everyone. That can be for an entire ecosystem and it can be for uh, a person. But at the end of it, when the film is sort of like reconciled, a lot of it's, Turmoil around this, and it begins getting even more explicitly metaphorical. It, it sort of ends with a lot of the characters of the film sort of accepting that, like. Yeah, I mean think the the moment that really sticks out in my head is actually the the the, the mother of the the two boys, uh, who you know one one of them dies in this film, is sort of like addressing the universe of like take like it it's okay like take my son I I give my son to you. It's very like you know pseudo pseudo religious, but mm. but also at the very same time is, is <laughs> yeah. It's, but I think it's getting at something too here, which which is that you know in in the face in the face of like losses like this. To an extent, there is also a. way I put it like a. A liberation you need to achieve to an extent uh, that these are not things that just happen to you, and they are not things that just happen to individuals. It is just like part of the fabric of existence and to exist is to. Submit yourself to these to these roles uh, in in their glory and their sadness. Uh, And that's that's definitely a like the 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 payoffs for this film, even just in terms of tone, shot, composition, (laughs) editing, it feels so much like Tree of Life, Cato. Yeah, I think you could run the last acts of these two movies and like very different films. But I think like the timing (laughs) and texture of them Absolutely. would feel really apparent
0: even even was the movie impenetrable I've heard it's like
3: that it's was wildly hard. overstated like well, yeah I,
0: mean, right. I think it's it's mostly um and it's Brad Pitt right am I right remember you so yeah.
3: I think that might be part of the problem I think people well, I are think like it's, can't wait to see Brad Pitt and you will not see very much of Brad Pitt okay, no and, it's, right. it's,
0: a, it's a tone piece right like if you go yeah. knowing that you can enjoy it in that way like but it isn't even like I feel like it's less tone piecey than like uh, stalker was, or, you know, like. <laughs> okay. all right, well, that's good to know. That's a good bar for me to work. Like, from. it's still there. It's still <laughs> close, but I think yeah, I would yeah, even yeah. put that one as more like tone PC mm-hmm. at, at times. But you know,
3: no, I don't know. I put a tree of life and nostalgia. I think are are not like it's it's not quite uh, Spider Man pointing at Spider Man, but
0: <laughs> it's like uh, Spider Man pointing shit. at Miles Morales. You know, they're all yeah. different colors, but in the same ballpark. <laughs>
1: Um, one thing that I, that I will say that I'm kind of fascinated by aesthetically about these movies, uh, or about this movie is, is uh, despite being about like the importance of like living and like choosing to live and like, you know, focusing on like the experience of being alive, it's a movie that does not spend much time actually sitting with what it means to like live and like be around people it's it, it's really trying to truck through uh like it's it's many competing plots it's not like a particularly despite focusing on louise almost the entire time it rarely feels like a very intimate movie um the camera never like gets particularly close to anything we never see like moments of connection or longing outside of those like you know filtered memories uh in a way that is like a, a, almost incoherent, like a, a, almost incohesive, not incoherent, almost incohesive with with the movies' like thematic core. But maybe it's just an extension of the fact that like there is an alienness to this way of understanding and seeing the world that means like the intimacy kind of falls away uh, in 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 face of the bigger picture. But I was I, I just found that like stylistic note like kind of interesting.
2: Uh, I do think, I think you're it, right. Like we don't know anything about Louise, right? right? Like she a good partner? It all Is she a good friend. It oh, it sounds like, like you
3: already made up your mind, Patrick. <laughs> I think you know all you want to know about Luis, and you're ready. You're, like you're, you're preparing friends. for the deposition,
2: right? Like we don't. We just we spend no time like with any character in a setting outside of like this. Like the, the thing invasion happens. Immediately. I do think.
0: I do think there's a certain amount you can read into like the way that she goes through the first like quarter of the movie, but I feel like the um right like the, the I think they pull out all of the like closeness intimate like there's a lot of that in like you said the memories and like i think that is Mm -hmm. to create that contrast most like as most drastically as i can to like in this like during the crisis during her like trying to figure this out it is she is still not actually connecting with other people right like this is Mm -hmm. her at the beginning of the film like she walks through a crowd like there's a crowd of people because the news has broken that morning she just goes to class she is like, oh, where is she everyone? She also goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know what I mean? Where, like, where is She's everyone? annoyed
3: that her students are distracted. She's annoyed that her mom is scared because yeah. fucking aliens landed.
0: This is a movie. This is a movie where at the beginning of this film, she is not connecting with other human beings
3: yeah, at that's all. A good point.
0: And then like the point being, like, eventually, like, when she can find that connection, like it's much more beautiful and intimate and worth life a life worth living. Versus when she's kind of like deeply obviously deeply deeply just kind of a depressed person who doesn't interact or connect with anyone and i do think that's part of that's that is why the middle of the film is that the way that it is Um, in particular because i do think yeah
3: as we get more scenes with her and her daughter i think we do see a lot of warmth and connection there yeah and And i think it's because we see that that we like that it draws attention to the lack of connection for her at the start of the film but like Mm the scenes with her daughter also get more affecting in some ways because they get less freighted. Like the opening montage is very, very sad for sure. Yeah. But the things that are like quietly devastating are her helping the helping hand with homework and just having that one little moment where she's just a little bit shitty and immediately regretting it where she's like, Oh, you want science? Talk to your dad. And, but then, you know, the interplay of past and present, she remembers the right, concept for her daughter referring back to uh mm-hmm. the, the sequences in Montana. Uh but like I, I I do think the the capacity to connect in that way is something that she increasingly gains through the film. And it's most readily we see it most readily because like the sequences with her daughter are like obviously the most intimate and unguarded. But we mm-hmm. also start to see them more with um Ian toward the end of the film and the the brief glimpses we get of them as new parents um
1: i would say we get them with ian once he stops uh fucking shitting on her career for set for 17 (laughs) whole seconds which which man what what an off-putting way to introduce a character he's just he's just this man shitting on linguistics as a field
0: damn i thought you would have been a scientist uh i don't embarrass like ian at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the one thing about this movie that I f- that feels the most uh like I don't get the romance like I I I I felt something due to the manipulation of the music I feel like and mostly around the idea of the daughter happening <laughs> I mean, I, but I think it's like,
2: an, like a relationship born out of like a, a shared trauma right yeah like you know I, think, I don't I think, think the I movie think sells is it is take. the
0: thing I don't think Jeremy Renner sells it and he's too like God, what's the fucking line he says at the end? I, like, said it out loud before he said oh, it yeah, on the yeah. TV, and it's I was the, so it. Mad qu- no, but okay, okay, I will defend <laughs> it. So I will corny. defend it, where he's like, I spent
3: all the time looking up at the stars, and nothing, what is it, like... Uh, the thing that surprised me the most wasn't it, them, wasn't meeting the was aliens, it was, it was you. meeting yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, it comes right <laughs>
0: after the line that he says, like, you should say the thing that you such, were thinking. It, it's such a line, it's such
1: a line, no, but, it's, not it's, like but it's it terrible. Is. Wait, wait, Kato, yeah, stop. What <laughs> you're telling me, you're telling me, you're gonna tell me right now Kato, how long have you been married. <laughs> no, stop, stop, don't laugh. How long have you been married uh it's almost 10 years almost 10 years great uh you've been with your partner for what 15 more than that more more than 15 years great 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 (laughs) are you gonna tell me right now are you gonna look at me and look at me in my eyes Uh and tell me that you've never said some corny ass shit to your wife
0: as, a, as a, a joke into, but not no, as an exciting no. moment,
1: I, I, I I moment no, for our relationship re- 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 things have, on this podcast out, up, i rebuke this <laughs> so fucking completely the first
2: it, time you told your partner you loved them like did it, it came out just like yeah uh, you know like i no, mean that was this, the closest shit i this is my problem my is life. that it's not
0: it does not feel like it feels like a pickup line and not a like oh, protestation so. of love. That's not. Yeah. This that. is what it's to me. So, I, so here's uh,
3: my the thing.
1: amount <laughs> of corny shit that has come out of my fucking mouth when talking. People can like corny, is people, just but, but there's a different repugnant.
0: type. There's a different type of corny. Maybe and maybe it's just because it's coming out of Jeremy Jerry Reynolds' Rennel's mouth. But there's a there's a corny where it's like sacred and and over in 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 um what's it called uh, uh uh earnest or like overly earnest. And there's a there's a corny where it's like. Wow, you just thought you just thought of that line and thought you were hot shit, didn't you? <laughs> and exactly. that's so, for some reason that just that line specifically like hit that way for me.
3: So and- I, I agree, <laughs> I think it's a bad line, but I actually think it's good in the picture. Because yeah. <laughs> so if we think again about like evolutions that have happened over the course of this film, right. When he meets her, they are two territorial academics. Uh mm. we've seen that for how she like knifed the guy in Berkeley. Uh, (laughs) his (laughs) first his first move is to be like you know he's reading i think her her thesis it doesn't look like a published book it looks like a looks like a thesis maybe it's a galley yeah uh, a galley edition a galley copy but uh Yeah, his first move is to acknowledge, like, you seem pretty smart, you seem pretty good at this, but we both know I'm the real scientist here. We we both know that, like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the real (laughs) scientific field and you are soft science. And it's an immediate, like, ploy to establish a bit of pecking order and, like, carve out a bit of territory. Uh, And then by the end of the film, he gives a line that is, yeah, it's a little embarrassing. (laughs) But it is also like how we feel about the people we love is corny. Like it is sure. like, it, like the thing about it that kind of works for me is that if if you believe that it's a pickup line, then, yeah, it sounds like the shittiest thing in the world. But if you take it as like this is how he sincerely feels in this moment, yeah, then I think the ridiculous no- ridiculousness of it begins to work in its favor because it is so like open-hearted and unselfconscious which is what he has said he has kind of struggled to achieve yeah uh prior to this like it's like it's it's a line that like on first hearing I was like boy i don't know about this <laughs> but i kind of end up liking it and i kind of end up liking the character more than i more than i thought i would i think you know there is the fact that like Renner had this like really sudden rise after Hurt Locker, and he was in everything. Like Hollywood does this so so much now, where they just like run Renner into the ground as an actor. Uh, yeah, Ren.
1: I'm putting my hands up. We need to go to break. We have a question about this. I think okay. if we go to break, we go to the question. We can we can enter the Renner dimension because I've been holding off on the <laughs> <Yeah>. Renner dimension. <laughs> Because no, oh, yeah, 50 let's, let's, <laughs> let's
3: install the Renner app.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's everyone oh everyone open up open up your phones. Go to your favorite uh music Forgot streaming platform of choice. And uh one sec. Let me do what was that album called? Jeremy Renner. Or something like that. I can't remember like the, the soundtrack. Renner no, no, no. He put it in the music
3: video. Jeremy main attraction Renner main
0: attraction. S- yep. Main yep. Att- oh, maybe I'm just conflating Jeremy Renner with this character. <laughs>
3: I think a lot of people have that issue when they regard uh, renter performances now, but we'll get oh into it.
0: God.
1: All right.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
1: With the price of just
2: about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
3: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless: How to get thirty? Thirty. How to get thirty? How to get twenty? Twenty. Twenty. How to get twenty? Twenty. How to get fifteen? Fifteen.
2: Fifteen. Fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash
1: switch.
3: Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty
1: gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we are back. I would like to begin with a question, uh, b- b- uh, b- you know, bouncing off of Rob's uh, previous previous statements uh, from Adam. Is Jeremy Renner a good actor? He's in two of my favorite movies from the 2010s: Arrival and Wind River. But then he's in stuff like Born Legacy and like 30 different Marvel movies. Those movies have their places entertaining the action fair, but they're nowhere near the level of stuff like Arrival or Wind River. Is Renner wasting his talent not doing more stuff like this? Or are these movies so good in spite of him? What was the deal with that social media app and his country music albums? I don't have anything (laughs) against him personally. I hope he's recovering well from the snowplow incident. His career just confuses me. Anyway, Arrival fucking rules. Waypoint fucking rules. Ruled, and I will miss Waypoint dearly. FCGH, Adam. Where do y'all come down on Mister Renner? Like, Robbie Broadway? recoiled
2: at the Born Legacy thing, I didn't, but I didn't know in what way.
3: Oh, like, Born Legacy is great. People don't like understand <laughs> like how much better that movie is than its reputation, uh, like would imply. And it's, that's the movie
2: right before the like actual finale. Uh, like the final film, which I so I know there is not a well there's regarded. an ugly
3: uh, there's a, like it's it's really kind of ugly how this falls out. Mean so Tony Gilroy to wrote the scripts for if not all three of the first uh, three born movies, uh, at least two of them. And Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass, I guess, were like really close collaborators on this. And like at some point, there is a split where the studio lets Gilroy continue on. The and Gilroy, obviously, like director of Michael Clayton and uh, showrunner on Andor, um, they 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 let him continue the Bourne series with the Bourne Legacy, and yeah, it stars Jeremy Renner. Um, Edward Norton is in it, and it is a very it is a very Michael, uh, you know, sorry, a Tony Gilroy type movie, uh, and it's I think it's one of the better Bourne films uh, that that we have. It didn't do super well because I think the marketing was it's a spin off, right? Spin offs can be hard to sort of launch and then when Damon and Greengrass, I think, team up for the final movie, Jason Bourne, which is dog shit, like terrible movie, you like Damon gave this called shot, which was, yeah, like it was me and Greengrass like basically holding that series together and uh you know. The the new then they went off and tried to make one without us uh, with Gilroy. It's such a piece of shit. uh, It's such a piece of dog shit that, you know, they had to bring us back to clean it up. And then that movie sucks.
2: (laughs) And then end the franchise.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And like that movie, that movie's like unwatchably bad. Um, And so it, it ends up kind of proving the opposite of Damon's point, which was that like maybe the thing that made this all work was to an extent Gilroy's fascination with bureaucracy uh and not just greengrass's ability yeah. to stage car chases Con- confirmed um, by
0: the way he he wrote tony grill wrote the first three and the born ultimate and the born uh the born legacy rather yeah legacy yep.
3: yeah and so i like i think born legacy is like actually terrific uh like hands down uh you know great movie is renner great in it i don't know i think i think he has i think he has good moments it's kind of a sprawling story but you know for a movie that is basically flowers for algernon with automatic weapons uh you know it's it's pretty damn good no that's what that movie is it is flowers for algernon but like Uh, The dude in the the, the dude who gets like the brain pills uh, is turned into a Treadstone killing machine. And if he doesn't get the brain pills, he goes back to being uh, like not only like profoundly uh, disabled due to like uh, like neurological issues, but, but also I think like, like war injuries. Like I think he was somebody who was also maybe blown up a little in a war, but anyway, Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a teeny so, little
2: bit blown up little bit, <laughs> you know,
3: <laughs> well, I mean, basically that was how the U.S. fought in Iraq, right? Which was like, <laughs> all right, trooper, get in this vehicle and ride around and see if you get blown up. Uh, that was that was hopefully the shape it's of that a teeny war.
2: little bit. You can go home.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how that war played out. It's 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 pretty grim. But that was uh, that was the experience of of a, a lot of that war for people there. But anyway, Wind River is a,
2: Wind River is a great film. Um, that is, I mean, think Hurt yeah, pretty good. Uh, yes. Uh, I think they're making a sequel to Wind River, like, but without any of the principal act. It's strange. Um,
1: I don't think Runner is a, like,
2: I mean, yeah, I guess maybe you could argue that, you know, he, I mean, he's definitely got bro energy, right? Yeah. but th- there doesn't seem to be, I like, I, he doesn't seem that toxic. Like, he just seems kind of like a over the top dude and like that expresses it's in the kind of confidence that would allow you to produce an app around yourself and like a, a like a music video but I, he seems like he makes the marvel movies because he genuinely enjoys making them you shove in an arrival and like he'll you know he'll meet the moment <laughs> for what his character has asked and sometimes actors are just like that you know uh I, he clearly could be in more pressing fare if if he chose to be, and it just sort of I don't know, if it it's his fancy, and a lot of times, a lot of times it doesn't. He seems fine. Like I don't have strong feelings on Jeremy Renner. Uh, he's he's there, and usually he accomplishes the task of the character in front of him. And even if leaving a rival, I'm not thinking about him as an actor very much. I don't think he took anything away from uh, with his performance.
1: No, I don't think I don't think anyone in this, but like honestly. No one's in. No one's performance in this movie really like hit home. From I think I think Amy Adams does good. I think Amy mm-hmm. Adams does good. I think she does a good job with this character. But like, this is not a movie where I finished it being like, wow, yeah, good job, everybody. Honestly, like, did Forrest Whitaker kind of take an L here? I did not love. I did not <laughs> love this performance from him.
3: It's more oh, completely off base. No, he's just not. He's not bringing a full Forrest Whitaker performance, I think is the way I would put it. Like Forrest Whitaker often gives his characters a slightly I don't know, like offbeat energy even when they're when they're when they're kind of like straight man characters. Yeah. Um, but here it is it, it is just a very standard like I'm the military man type yeah. performance and there's just not a lot happening to it. There may not be a lot happening on the page. Uh, but that is that is sort of where these things like that. That's sort of the, how it scans to me.
1: Um, one other, one other note about, uh, uh, runner's character before we move on. I, uh, someone sent in an email, uh, informing, uh, Oh, perfect. They also said, uh, uh, they also sent a question. Okay. Uh, I just want to point out that Neil dumbass Tyson said that they should have sent a cryptographer instead of a linguist. And it's one of the dumbest things he's ever said while trying to prove he's smarter than everyone else. Thank you for all the pods. <laughs> question. How would the aliens say fuck capitalism, go home? Cheers and love to y'all. Dennis, the one thing I will note, that sounds like a character that that that, that sounds like something that uh, Renner's character would have said. That sounds like a cut line (laughs) from this movie where they introduce her and then she's like, just a cryptographer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But how do you think aliens would say fuck capitalism, go home?
3: I think these particular aliens seem like they would have a real struggle comprehending some of these concepts.
1: Yeah capitalism. <laughs> okay. Well, let's 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 break it down. What concepts do they get? Fuck.
3: <laughs> <Probably>. One presumes.
1: <laughs> one presumes. Okay. Capitalism. And
3: see is. there we run into it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is this is the big one. <laughs> go well, home, we, home, we,
1: home. I
0: think they understand. They exist at the home they do space.
1: okay. with Go they go great with. Go. We yeah. see that We
2: see yeah, them we walking. See the walk. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. They get a it. They little get bit.
2: go. I kind of wish there was a little bit more
0: yeah, with the... It's not
2: a very light-hearted film, and so it's nice to have, like, a brief moment of levity. And I almost found that it's like, I kind of wish there could have been a little bit more of a montage could we of, get a little of Jeremy dance? Renner doing actions and <laughs> and the creatures um,
1: uh, responding. I would love to see the heptapods do just a little dance with Jeremy <laughs> yes. Renner. Yes. <laughs> because, like, the walk is so silly goofy, but yeah. I just want to see one of the heptapods go, whoo, whoo. like, let me see <laughs> a heptapod so raise the roof, please. Yeah. I'm begging you.
3: Uh, I do like I think the like genuinely the, the like a concept thing would be difficult to translate to them is like so much of capitalism and like the way our markets work yeah. is based on assessment of risk and uncertainty in, about the future and immediately I think the nature of their species transforms <laughs> how their markets work. Uh, and maybe they don't have, like, anything we recognize as a normal market. Uh, no. So I think that's my, that's that's where I, like, begin to find them interesting. On the other hand... Wait. All of this is kind of a down payment on a loan they're going to collect in 3,000 years.
1: Right, but that's the thing, though, Rob. That's the thing. They don't, like, this. Is, this is an exchange, yeah, but, like... There's not like a sale happen. There's not like they're not trying to get an edge over us. Uh,
2: Is this? We don't even know what we've just traded.
1: No. Is this a society? What what, what are we
2: helping you with? Like favor? Favor could mean a lot. What if it's really bad?
1: It yeah, like really oh,
2: there's a galactic war, and we're gonna need your body sex as as energy to siphon, um, like to 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 to, to fuel the war the effort. War. Like, I, mm. you know, I, I don't I, I don't know what that means. What we're signing up for, which apparently no, I've not read the novel. This is this is based on, but like none of that is present apparently in the novel. Like the aliens come, go, and we have no sense of why the exchange occurs at all. I understand why that is present here. To give like a little more uh, you know closure to the to the actions, but I guess the there's a lot more ambiguity in the the, the original um, novel or, or novella. I don't know if it's like an actual whole book, um, but um,
0: I've seen it uh, called uh, novella. Yes, I think it's shorter.
2: Yeah, like longer yeah. than a short story, shorter than a book. Yeah, uh, and it's I think it's interesting to to note that in the adaptation process they introduce a motivation for you know the heptapods, um, which is which is absent from. The original story
1: okay here's the thing if they if they believe in non-zero-sum games if they just like will give people things with the assumption like i'll get it back in a couple thousand years right do the heptapods is it a society of just dudes hanging out like have, <laughs> they, have they reached the point where it's mostly just a society of dudes hanging out
0: this feels like the type of given where the story goes this feels like the type of sci-fi that believes that any society that's uh sufficiently uh, advanced enough to do interstellar travel has to be some form of utopia because everything else would have imploded on their own planet by that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, also, I think they're just hanging out. I think
2: or, just... or things really fucked up where they are, but they know in 3,000 years it's all gonna go bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah, like,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I think...
2: They're, they're, they're sort of unreliable narrators mm-hmm. because of the nature of how they perceive time yeah um and it's also i guess are we, are, are, are we to believe, or uber again, reliable the movie
0: narrators is, well, <laughs> well until you have the power right. like you, you
2: can't you can't fact check uh what, what's going on here and i mean again i don't think the movie is actually asking no, to be like but... brought up to this level of scrutiny but are we to presume one's glimpse into the future goes as i guess as far as our own existence like starts at birth and i, at I de- think it's
1: experiential like that yeah mm-hmm. the, the the implication mm-hmm. i get is that like uh, they can experience their own lives distinct from time and and it is like so they live three that at least three thousand yes, years yes i, I think or, that mm-hmm. well no the thing i was gonna no. say is i think that they they live at least three thousand years yeah, no, I guess which sense. is why it's such a big deal that like abbott dies like Abbott is death process feels like a pretty significant thing culturally for the heptapods I, I at least i get this i get this like implication right um that like d- death is a pretty rare occurrence uh, and, and a pretty significant one um at least it was, this was the impression uh, that 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 i was left with
3: yeah and like uh i don't know, it's, it's also kind of um they don't yeah. really try to save themselves. They see the bombs being planted. Yeah. Uh, and they. It's like this is the important moment to get a message across to Louise. It is not a moment to be like. At first I thought there's tapping on the window. Because it's like hey. Hey, hey look behind on. you. I'm pointing. Come on. Uh, but and of course like what Abbott does. Is saves. Uh, Louise and Ian. And directs the blast into their chamber. Yeah. Um, it throws them. Into the. Entry. Uh, like tunnel yeah. and seal. Know
2: what's gonna happen, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. So they haven't like, knows their de- haven't yeah.
2: knows their death. Yeah. yeah. They're de- they're like it is. It, it, you know they they know they're about to die because they have to push them so they can you know and that's it's very a prayer for Owen
3: Meany. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> uh, a. You elaborate that,
2: on that? I feel like sometimes Rob will drop a reference. We all you have to put your hand up if you understand it
3: it's a it's a john irving novel uh that is basically the entire device is a christ-like child in uh i think uh in uh, in in the us uh in like the 50s and 60s has premonitions throughout his life of uh being called upon to do something heroic and self-sacrificing and spends much of his life both trying to alter the sequence of events that will allow them to avoid dying heroically uh but then also increasingly moves towards working to make sure that they are capable of Mm -hmm. uh answering that moment um and i I feel that like to a degree there's there's a bit of that in play as well which is like from abbott's perspective all of this is like and here is the moment where we like this has to happen this is a this is the end of my story but it's also sort of the necessary thing to do for the good of everyone else in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I've just, I've just,
1: I, I don't want to completely fucking derail us. Are y'all familiar with the television show Renovation? So I've seen this what?
3: on my Disney Plus app, but I haven't, what? you know, watched what? it. Okay,
1: okay. What do you think? What do you think the premise of this show is?
3: I mean, my guess would be.
2: I mean, he got hurt in like heavy machinery. My sense, my guess is, he's like, a, like a hobbyist, like around different yeah. yeah my assumption would be, uh, it'd be like home improvement or like it's, it's, him it's yeah doing the like projects
1: okay there are projects however renovations is a four-part original mini- series that embraces jeremy renner's lifelong passion to give back to communities around the world by reimagining unique purpose-built vehicles to meet a community's needs <laughs> Um, what? Episode one, <laughs> Chicago, building a mobile bu- music bus featuring oh, Vanessa God. Hudgens. Episode oh, two, God. Los Cabos, building a mobile dance studio featuring Sebastian <gasps> Yatra. That Reno, knows. building a mobile recreation. Center. What? I mean, it fits the aesthetic. Again, he's like kind of like a what? harmless, like a positive bro. Like that. That is. None of that shocks me. India building a mobile water treatment center. This fucking mm-hmm. is the idea of Jeremy Renner just being like, what if we make a show where I put a bunch of <laughs> put a bunch of buildings on wheels. <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I will say uh, so like it does appear that like Renner also had a really acrimonious divorce where there were allegations of like violence and abuse Um, like but there's everything stems from this divorce case and it doesn't it doesn't appear that we ever get anything beyond court filings. Uh, So it's like there is like there are some pretty serious allegations against him uh, like centering on a custody dispute and child support uh, disputes like beyond that, you know, as far as I can tell, the, the, there's nothing on that beyond what was filed in court.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, Ooh. Well, moving on to our next question. Um, <laughs> yeah, can we leave the runner zone? <laughs> please leave the runner <laughs> zone.
0: Quickly leave the runner zone.
1: All righty. Oh, you know, I think this is, a, this is a good question for us. Do y'all prefer dour or campy sci-fi? Do
3: we
2: classify this as dour? I yes, think we would. Yeah, of uh, yeah.
0: yeah, it's not campy.
2: <laughs> do I have to pick and choose?
0: This is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, prefer, I guess. Like, what are you going to pick? I think it's like
2: a night, it's like you have two in front of yeah, you. Right.
3: What do you, what do you naturally Yeah, Hang do? on though. Like, no, I, I guess I can't because, like, then you have things. Like, what do you do with Wrath of Khan?
1: What do you camp think? Camp what do you do with ramp, *Wrath of Khan*? Have you looked at the villain? <laughs> it's *Star Trek*. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> a campy,
2: fi- a campy, camp, ca- a campy film does not necessarily mean there isn't depth, weight attached. Yeah, but I, I think ultimately *Star Trek* has a lot of camp.
3: I agree. So, so. I agree, but I also think like that camp <laughs> is also still capable of like really heartrending uh, and yeah. Like, yeah. like provocative stuff. Yeah, so, we, uh, so, so, like- so maybe that's the is that the Rob
2: answer? Is like, look, I want to, I want a little bit of my over the top, yeah. but also you know, little uh,
1: emotional heft
3: to my to my characters. I just, I, I just here's... think it's like, it's hard to sort them cleanly into the, these buckets.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to push back against this actually because I think that genre fiction is, it, the strength of it is that it can take really bold, really big swings and that like, sometimes that happens in a camp way, but like, that's still doing the thing that genre fiction does. I don't think that like, emotional depth uh, and like, impact is, is, you know, uh unique uh, or like separate from camp. I think that often they are very closely interlinked because like interlinked uh, because <laughs> stupid. Um, uh, because
3: of yeah, but I don't think Dower's is a genre. Like it's like, not
1: a genre, but it's a tone. I mean, it's a
2: vibe. I mean, like it's a vibe. This this director's work, Nolan, like dower. their entire filmographies are Dower. Yes, right. Yeah. Like um, now I think I think you know nolan just doesn't really care about, about the emotional interiority of their characters like I, I don't i guess interstellar is you know Nolan's best attempt at that i've been told like well if you had a hard time rewatching arrival like be careful about revisiting interstellar um but like these are all, like these i think i think dower is a good way to describe both of these filmmakers yeah. like entire entire sets of works really yeah. um i do i think i do like dower like i like dower from my sci-fi more than i like where it like sometimes it depends on like where you fall in genres, right, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in horror, I'm going to prefer camp, like I like straight, you know s- scary like like uh, films, but like at the end of the day, I'm sitting down to watch a movie, like there's a reason that like a lot of what I have is th- like all the child's play movies, mm-hmm. all the Halloween's mm-hmm. like I'm there for the camp and the over the top and we can also appreciate something more straight
0: what was that gore, or whatever it- you see that? What? I uh, was like, or some bullshit. Do you remember what it, was it Uh Oh, yeah,
2: I got a t-shirt of it uh, upstairs. Uh, Hunky Boys. Um, uh, yeah, I'll look it up. That <laughs> movie's incredible. Never, like My turn is unfortunately, you know, reaching a conclusion, but it will be upsetting that I could not have yeah. found a way to, 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 make, to make us I watch will, that. <laughs> uh, Psycho, Psycho gore Master Psycho
0: gore Master, is, There we go.
2: I I will at the end of this psycho gorman psycho sorry gorman, uh, at yeah. the end of this podcast I will put a link to this so the the the, the three of you can watch it it is <laughs> it is a fantastic film anyway
0: Kato? it's it's so difficult with these things cuz it's always going to be based on my mood on any given day I do feel like I I lean a little bit more towards towards dour though just in general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but like, like Rob pointed out, like there's a lot that does both well yeah. and interestingly. You're
1: gonna, are you gonna look at Turgle and say that? Tell him that you don't
0: like him. <laughs> I like Turgle. This is the problem. You're, you're I like at, Turgle. You're, you're look, Are you gonna look at
1: Turgle and say I
0: don't prefer you? Turgle? Star Wars can't. I don't feel
3: like is Star Wars I'll, even science fiction?
0: Yeah, I mean, fair. Yes, it's like it's not. I mean, it's not dour enough to be fully in the dour thing, but I don't think it's actually even that camp. On honestly, Star Wars. If it you're camp, gonna say, if camp if you're and gonna pulp sit... are like sitting right next to one another, okay, okay, but pulp but Star is Wars is It's camp. still different. It's still a different term, right? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm agree with you. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are yeah, yeah. the same, but they if we're making buckets, right. it would I, it would like, it would
0: <laughs> fall. Yeah, pulp obviously.
2: is going in the camp bucket. The the
1: then then the, the
2: yes, more yes, than it is yes, dour. Yes,
0: yes.
1: But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no you, you said what you said um you well, said you just, looked at Turtle, ter- no, you, looked, you said i hate you hey did y'all know that uh renner is also a palindrome
3: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> God
1: damn it. I, didn't, I didn't want to bring it back to him but i was i was reading that fucking wikipedia page and i was like wait a minute they um, made a the whole letters. fucking thing about yeah. the, the palindromic name of Hannah yeah. in a movie, partially like with Jeremy Renner in it. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Are you comedy joking me right now?
2: Uh, we did get two that I think are probably worth answering. So uh, this one comes in from Anonymous. Uh, Hope I'm not too late. You are not. You came literally sliding, sliding into home yeah. plate uh, with this question. <laughs> I've been refreshing it throughout the recording. My partner and I both view a rival as a romantic movie. One that represents how important love is in many ways. Do you all have movies slash media that are similarly sentimental in relationship, even though it is arguably not about that? I think at least from their perspective, like I think it is possible to view this film as like a romantic piece with a sci-fi wrapper around it, right? Or, or like about, you know, your connection with children. I don't know, but I, I understand what they're saying. So yeah, I, yeah. I think the broad stroke of the question is like, is there a movie that like, has a romance, like, at its emotional core, but is wrapped around a different framing that you enjoy because of that?
1: Uh, I've been ruined. I'll, I'll say this. I, I've been ruined because, like, I, not to get too into my whole shit, but I I have a, a partner I love very much, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I fucking get sad about everything now. I get sad about everything now. I think it's very embarrassing. But mm-hmm. I, before, before I would have said the answer to this question is like broadly no, but now the answer is uh, everything. I cried at Superstore. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm a, I'm, a me? I'm a mess. I'm I'm a little I'm a little bitch.
0: Is that what I'm thinking of? The America Ferrera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The America <laughs> Ferrera sitcom. Yeah. What's your What's your What's your
0: beef? No, I just didn't. I was in, no, Kata What's your beef? Come on. I have no beef. I've never seen it. But you okay. cried at that. That's it. Called? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's
1: serious. I'm, I'm ruined.
0: <laughs> or is that movie just that good? <laughs> or uh, show? <laughs> it's pretty good. It's. It, it, I would say. I would say.
1: That, welcome to Superstore Corner. Uh, I would say that it is like at its best, better than a, a lot of uh, a lot of The Office. Not all of it, but definitely like better than a lot of it. I think it is. It is a a solid workplace comedy. Nice.
2: Yeah, I uh, it's been so long since I've seen this movie, even though I would rank it as one of my favorites. But I just I can't articulate too much about it. But does Gattaca fall into this bucket? High concept sci fi movie with a romance at the at the mm-hmm. heart of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I've never seen Gattaca. Fuck. I know.
2: Shit, I'm pretty sure you love Gattaca. I, I can't tell I you why. It. But like, I know that I know that it's one of the first DVDs I owned. Uh, shit. OK, well the show's who's, ending
0: who's, I was gonna say who's up who's yep. picking next oh wait
2: is that still uh, up e- the is Haw- broken Ethan Hawke and um uh I forget who is the let me look it up uh so like I think Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke i love loving Ethan Hawke watch anything
3: with Ethan Hawke in it is this where they met cause they were married for like a number of years right
2: uh it's a good question this is 1997, yeah. so It's 1997
3: so the probably i think um, i think they're married totally through like to like the of the 2000s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm like so the thing is like i think so many movies like even if the movie is not centered on romance by god uh a romance will happen in a lot of movies and will end up yeah. being kind of central to it so like i think arrival fits in with a lot of a lot of films like that um yeah, like Yeah, I mean I so I, here's the thing. I think I think it is a romantic movie, but it's not a ro- it's not romantic in the sense that it's about like romantic love between two people. That is right. part of it, but yeah. it has a romantic affect to it. Like I the entire is the right thing one. is yeah. Right. Yeah, like totally. it is about emotion and feeling and relation re- relating to one another far more than it is about the philosophical question that the the questions that it provokes. Those are still like interesting parts of this film, but mm. fundamentally I think everything centers on a, a fundamentally romantic uh, approach to the story.
2: It feels like and just humanity in general, right? The shots with the uh, Louise and uh, her daughter are shot arguably romantic, right? It is not like, Hey, make sure like we have proper perspective on the characters and we can see who's talking, you know, it is, it is shot like, like quote unquote, cinematically in order to convey like uh, like a heart-wrenching emotion that I think you could fall, you know, describe as as romantic, uh, for sure. Kato, you were going to say something. Oh, I was
0: just going to say, I feel like Arrival is, like, it less raises those philosophical questions as much as it invokes them, right? In in order to tell its story. It's more like, this is part of the fabric of what what we, of the emotional core, but we're not going to try to answer or, like, really deeply, consider them for too long, because the important part is how you feel about it.
2: <laughs> uh, heavy. This comes from Jonathan. Heavy emotional question. Less. It's not about dead children. <laughs> <Just why laughs> Thanks for like, clarifying. <laughs> just felt like. That. Yeah. Arrival reads uh, as a movie about coming to peace with inevitability and what you cannot change. And from a global perspective across time. Waypoint is ending, but has been a beacon for thoughtful criticism. Obviously, you can't go back in time to change Waypoint. But. What are your thoughts looking forward for others looking to work on criticism and engage with media? Have loved all of your work in getting to listen to your podcasts and reviews
3: over the years.
2: Jonathan.
0: It's a hard thing to do. But I think the best thing that you can do for any sort of creative pursuit is to do it because you want to do it. And if you can figure out how to make it a job, great. But sometimes you can't mix those two, and it's unfortunate because of the fucking structures of our society. Um, but don't... Like, try Try the best to find space in your life to 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 give those sorts of pursuits space, even if you can't make it in, like, the media landscape, right? Because like, that's fucking... It's blowing up around yeah. us. <laughs> but, like... Even if it's just for, like, you and your friends, that like, you know that nobody else is going to read it. As long as the pursuit uh, and pra- practice of it itself is bringing you some sort of joy, then it's worth doing. So, when we got
1: the news uh, the, that the site was being shut down, uh, I uh, wept like a little bitch for uh a while Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and then went on to like have like some pretty long conversations with my girlfriend about like why i was like so fucking devastated and i will say that like i do think that the end of waypoint in some ways represents like an end of a certain kind of like games journal like a a certain kind of like a games culture and criticism uh and and one that is like worth mourning uh and that like really got to me because like i don't think that I don't think that structurally and people will be able to make a job out of this really, uh, other than like very, you know, out of the extremely micro scale. I don't think that there will be people like producing criticism for a living, uh, in this way. And that makes me pretty d- deeply sad, but to Kato's point, I will say this, um, like I've said before, I did this job and like did criticism broadly because I, uh, really wanted to, And then I kind of uh, fell down a ladder uh, into doing it for a career uh, and was like kind of astounded to do so and was very lucky to do so. But like, you know, a thing I posted just like a few hours ago was that like. Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out. I'm going to really love it. I'm going to play it at my own pace and like I will probably write about it uh, and I will probably write about it months from now. Uh, after I've, like, actually had time to, like, sit with it and and to apply the level of, like, critical thought that, like, I kind of haven't been able to for the last, like, year and a half. Um, and I'm excited to do that. Um, and, like, I think that, like, long form and, like, the criticism that is a project of, like, long-term, is, is the product of, like, long-term thought will, like, always exist um, and will continue to exist, just not... It's not on uh, this particular website uh, and maybe not on websites in the way that we think of them right now uh, because the internet is uh, breaking uh, in a way that is uh, deeply disorienting.
0: Uh,
2: One, it's funny to think about like, I know that this person Jonathan says like, well, you can't change things, but even if I I, I give grant myself the ability, I don't think there've been multiple pivot points at waypoint. They all came from outside forces. Um, I don't look back at the six years uh, that we've had uh, here sort of collectively as though even if I was granted the power, like, okay, with hindsight, what could we have gone back and done to move the needle and change the outcome? And I just don't – I think we played our hands pretty well um, at, at most steps uh, of the way, and the the forces that pushed us in different directions were not ones that we could <laughs> influence, um, and often we were pivoting and changing based on just – what we could do Um, and, and that wouldn't have changed with, with, uh, with foresight um, uh, or arrogant hindsight. But uh, the other thing I'd say, I do think uh, I do think Waypoint's influence or perceived influence on criticism is overstated. Uh, I I think Waypoint has become uh, sort of a beacon, but uh, I, I sometimes don't, I get really wary at the way we get talked about, or the apocalyptic nature of Waypoint disappearing, as though it also means that the only place that criticism existed um, is also disappearing. And I'm not, I'm not saying that any of any of you are, are suggesting that, but I do think that is sometimes the vibe. Um, and I think what it is it is symbolic of is, you know, I think part of what people looked for and enjoyed about waypoint was that it it tried to center criticism and tried to make that work uh, as, as a central tenet of its website um, and all the associated challenges that came with that. And I, I I don't disagree with that notion of what we tried to do over um, that time, but I think people, you know, the existence of things like Substack, like I don't, criticism will live on. Like we'll find, like people want to read interesting things about the work the media that they engage with. I I think it is absolutely totally arguable that making that a full-time career is is extremely difficult, nigh impossible, especially if you're not already starting up the ladder um where you can sort of establish a brand or a or a fan yeah. base that can help you achieve that work. Um I'm, I'm like aware of the privilege of of that position that, you know, many of us can find ourselves in. Um but I am actually like much more I I'm ne- I'm uh pessimistic on ability to make that the central part of your your pitch for like a website that makes money um i am not i'm more optimistic on the ability for criticism to continue thriving because people will want it and it will it will find its way out um as a result
3: i think um there's a couple a couple aspects of this question that i've been thinking about um one one is that notion of you know how do we how do we evaluate these things? And part of it, I think for me has always been that as a freelancer instability just comes with the territory. Um, I've had way worse days, uh, way worse days than when we found out waypoint was shutting down. Um, try being owed like several thousand dollars by an outlet, uh, you know, and then finally like paying you. And then also telling you that like, Contract will not be renewed for the next quarter, like all that steady income just gone immediately, yeah. and you have no way of replacing it uh no severance is just like uh it, like situation engineered for maximum damage um and like in terms of how this shook out it doesn't doesn't rate uh on the scale of like personally uh, terrible days and I think part of that has also. I've sort of had that in the back of my mind the entire time I've been here, which is that like what they say there's a lot about in um in like athletic careers, right like they they tend not to finish well. very few people go out. You know, hoisting the championship for their, the champions, uh, trophy for their league like over their head. Uh, most people, you know, they go out because they're injured or, uh, just because they've, you know, the, the prime of their career is kind of past and they end up playing kind of pedestrian, uh, games for pedestrian stakes. And you kind of this question like, what was the, what was the point of all this? Like, how, do, how do we, you know, was, was this a good ending? And I think from from my perspective is now nah, the ending of Waypoint, you know, I'm not happy about it. I don't think it was good. I've I've seen worse, but I don't think it was, it's it's not good. Um, But we had a number of years to do a job that was pretty great and do work that we're proud of for a site that people respected and connecting with an audience that really appreciated what we're doing. And so I find it very hard to at the end of this be like, bitter about it because ain't nobody can take away the six years i was at waypoint like that's just i've i've got it i've got that like you know you saw occasional like there to be occasional shitheads being like ha! finally like happy to see waypoint go down and it's like yeah after six years at my dream job uh and yeah, boy <laughs> what, what the website
2: made it half a, more than half a decade like you know how fucking hard that is to do
3: right and and so it's like you know it was it was a great way to spend a significant uh you know span span of my professional life uh and uh, you know I, I always knew how special it was and i always knew that at some point we would probably find ourselves well i thought we would find ourselves in a meeting uh where where <laughs> we would to see how this was going down i didn't think it would quite shake out the way it did but like Always kind of knew from the jump that this was in some way, shape or form coming. Like, I remember, I think literally my first or second day at Waypoint, I got access to traffic figures Uh, and they weren't great. And it was I remember talking to Danielle at the end of that day and she was like, so uh, what do you think? and there was no way to spin those figures they were they were bad it was showing that like audience like that what vice wanted which was massive audience acquisition it wasn't panning out we were our numbers were okay uh but it wasn't turning into what vice clearly wanted it to be which was like a and this was delusional, but like a Kotaku or Polygon like scale site with destination a destination place, yeah. Yeah, with a with a, with a with a very small team. And the minute that didn't happen, it was clear they were going to start like trimming back further investment and resources in it. I think it was only a few months later that they uh you know they asked Mike Diver, uh mm-hmm. who, who like built the foundations of the entire damn thing. And so, like literally from like my second or my first or second day at Waypoint it was clear that like, okay, we're going to be on to plan B here before too long. I mean, since then it's been plan B, plan C, plan D <laughs> and so on and so forth. And most people don't get to cycle through so many of them and they don't find ones that work. And we, 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 we lost our
0: name and got it back.
3: <laughs> yeah. <God.
2: laughs> I like, like that's like, that itself is like the biggest middle finger to all those folks who are like, Oh, finally it's like, bro, like they took away our name. And then we're like, you want it back? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I think like my view for this stuff is, is always that on balance, this has worked out pretty well. As for what the future holds for stuff like this, it is, it is so hard to tell. I think so much of what I see is just a fundamental, you know, Ren said the, the, the whole internet is breaking. And to a large degree, that's true. It's breaking so thoroughly that I almost like, the optimist in me hopes that it can't stay this broken forever and that some something has to give and you see opportunity sort of break through like break through again, that like uh, this current structure is just too hard to do anything new and dynamic. in. because I do think like there is, as far as I can tell, there's actually two major things that make it hard to do something like what waypoint was trying to be uh, or, you know, what, or to what Waypoint eventually turned into uh, the first is that finding new audience is really, really hard. Um, it is so hard to build an audience now compared to just, you know, six years ago. And it was hard then and it is harder now. And it continues to get harder because in large part because of the three sites problem. Right. Which is search, social. Um, oh, what's the third site? We talk, we talk about this. It's like the, the the three places where people spend all their their online time. Is like they might they might actually be talking about your social media platform Facebook and search uh, effectively being (laughs) your your three portals, but uh, this notion that people don't go to their favorite websites anymore and hang out that just that doesn't exist. People don't read blogs in that way anymore. Uh, So like building an organic audience is. So much harder than it was six years ago and six years ago, it was so much harder than it was uh, a decade before that. And then the other problem is the threshold for sustainability has changed quite a bit because most of the ad market is bought up straight out of the gate by Google and Facebook. And so the things that would have sustained a lot of publications, uh, you know, 20 years ago all that money is just like skimmed right off the top before it makes its way to people producing content. And so the threshold for success is much higher because now you have to be mass market because Mm -hmm. it's only at mass market that you get the level of like income via ad revenue uh, that will let you sustain yourself. And the subscription model doesn't work for startups because it requires an audience. So that's kind of like... The, the, those to me are like the, the major obstacles to this. And my hope is that these conditions as bad as things look right now, my hope is certainly that these conditions are so terrible that they also can't fully sustain themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. I will, I will say the, the last thing I'll say on this particular thing is that like, I, I think I've also had like a pretty different relationship to the site than the other people here Uh in terms of like, you know, y'all have been in it for what five, six years, Patrick, you, and then five years, Rob.
2: Yeah, I mean, nearly seven because it's nearly my, seven. Yeah, I kid, near six. Kid, uh, you're getting six. It okay. lines up with my kid being born. So, like, okay. we were done June second. You know, she was born in August, so I'm um, almost seven.
1: Almost seven. Is that like you know, I was sixteen. Not to okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I was sixteen. You're okay. You're allowed to okay. be young. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's okay. Thank you. Sorry. I was 16 when, like, Waypoint started. And, like, it was, like, to say that it was influential upon me would be kind of a, a dramatic understatement. I would say that in, in in some ways it helped to set the tone for literally all of the work that I did in university, uh, the work that I did in games journalism broadly. Um, and, you know, that tone was important to me. Um, but also... You know, and, and so like the the end of the waypoint does feel like an end of the almost the end of like that era of my life from like, you know, ages, you know, fucking 16 onwards. And like, that's a bummer. But also like, I don't know, I think that someone else will find an opportunity to build something uh, and will do pretty incredible work um, with that opportunity. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to see it. Fucking Godspeed. um, If that's you. Hey, uh, is this the end of my turn?
2: For now, I guess. Right, like, man, really open the door to go watch Jeremy Renner in a Born movie. I feel right, like that's here's cute.
1: the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. I almost, me- I Patrick, I almost messaged Rob. Rob, should we do a mini series about the Born movies? Uh, what would well, the, what that would, would pr- be. That- we we're supposed it, to do
2: the Mission Impossible miniseries as well. That was oh yeah. God.
1: What would <laughs> we, Why
2: not do both? Listen, folks. Those listen,
1: those, those. we have how many how many days we got? How many days do we got? <laughs> Let me check here? A little oh, advent calendar
3: righty. of modern espionage action thrillers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, wh- hey, how's Waypoint marking the end of the website? They're watching spy action movies, yeah. like, like a lot, like eight of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's okay. We can we can play uh the Metal Gear series at the same time and then just say it's mm, a Just add that on right. the
3: waypoint 101 yeah. calendar. They just. can't
1: stop like like at this point, truly, we can't just be like, yeah, sorry, I don't know, guys. We did the Pride and Prejudice thing again. This time it was the Bourne movies. Sorry. <laughs> well, like, what if we just didn't work as much? Hey. <laughs> I mean, listen, hey, hey that sounds hey, good. That's listen, let me be clear, Patrick. That sounds great. That there's, also sounds great to me.
3: I I will say there's been a bit of like people are like oh man like how are you guys gonna like wrap up Waypoint like how and it's like I am maybe slightly less excited about planning my own funeral than some of y'all. <laughs> like, like I I want to mark the occasion, but at the same time, like going out with a with a big old bang requires a fair bit of like think about what it takes just like just for us to do a short not even a save point just for a short little stream that we're all getting together in new york and like for a couple days we're gonna hang out we're gonna stream uh now imagine doing that knowing that you're gonna lose your job in two weeks
1: yeah it's like hmm, we'll see for it and also vice won't pay for it this time jesus
3: we'll we'll, we'll play it by ear but i i do like it does. It does bother me that the door is swinging open. For Born Legacy, it's right there.
1: It's right there. It's right there.
3: So is Tree of Life. <laughs> hey, through that through God. that theme of child death and reckoning with it, children and men it also mm. just like right over there. Yeah, driving through the woods.
0: Feels like you've thought about this, Rob.
3: I'm always thinking about. I'm always thinking about my turn. <laughs> You know, if you uh, think about it, it rivals a lot like Big Night.
1: <laughs> stupid. <Jesus laughs> stupid. I, I, this was a bad show I idea. I was
0: I even next? Yeah. You was be, I next? I think you were, yeah, weren't you? you were, actually. Oh, yeah. fuck.
3: Yeah, this, the is, this is website.
0: <laughs> yeah, what is the website? There is a website. Whose turn is it? Fuck.
1: What is it? Let me Let me go to the Discord. Search. It happened right after. Turn we my for it. website in no. <laughs> Shit.
2: Well, we, uh, a wonderful person made a website. And is Baron we Bookie forgot. again? I don't know. Might have been
1: searching website in the Discord didn't help. There's <laughs> there is that word Shit. used. 9, they built this tool and now we can't Someone even. Hold on, hold on.
0: I tweeted about it from the
3: Waypoint account.
0: Oh, okay, like okay. We I, have, we have, we have a I lead. Should,
3: hold on. Let me load up the profile. <laughs> we have to really figure out whose turn it was going to be. Um, i
0: had a feeling it was rob because we haven't done you in a while right like well, yeah I that
1: been, I, I, i'm looking yeah. at latest okay
0: april oh fuck of oh, course i can't search the word website here it is
2: who picks next.com
0: is it rob wait picks next who picks next.com mm-hmm. just who picks next what wow that's amazing
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's astounding that we have that yeah yes
2: it is well, ren's turn rob picks next
0: Rob picks next
2: Rob what would you have picked of that of that um, I didn't
3: think I had to have an
2: answer no now you do
3: you you have to leave us on the cliffhanger yeah I think I would have made you bastards watch the porn legacy (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) What
2: well, would have and, been like yeah. watching it out of context? Because oh.
3: I've not seen the other one. So uh, that was Same. the other million dollar question here. Is So that movie is oddly structured because it actually takes place during the events of uh, the Third Born movie. Because they're doing a lot of time stuff where it's like, and here all this stuff is happening over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. a sequence with some of the characters from so it's the other like, movie.
0: it's like Back to the Future Part 2, except that you're following a different person this totally. time. Totally, <laughs> yeah.
3: Because basically the premise is like... Whoa! In the third born movie, oh he God. blows the lid off Treadstone and reveals that there's this entire mm-hmm. like secret assassination program. Ah. And so the secret, the people running the secret assassination program, do what you would naturally do in the situation: was kill all your operatives and <laughs> shut the entire project down before people can answer questions. Mm-hmm. One of those operatives is Jeremy Renner, and he don't want to be killed. And so we're off to we're off to the adventure. And uh, it's it's real, real good, um, but I'm so curious if it would have resonated at all if you didn't basically know all the like mm-hmm, born mm-hmm, lore, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Which is why at we would had, had to do yeah. the full series, and like we just can't. Or we what, what if he didn't time. just to see?
0: <laughs> didn't do
2: the. <laughs> yes. I think series, I, I, I would have gone, gone in How cold. weird! I think yeah. I would have gone <laughs> in. Does it work? And then does, does it work
0: as a film on its own.
2: And because that is on a list of shame for me, I I know I would really like those movies same. and just for same i think it was something i actually think it was like the, the matt damon part i was just like do i really want to see him in an action movie like not really like i think that was, <laughs> was part of why i never watched them but then people were so effusive about how good they were i was like okay but then it was like we're in the fourth one it's like ah, well now i'm four
3: movies behind but- okay you want to know like something that's really wild well on the born legacy maybe the option wasn't there but it does feel like a sign of the times in a pivotal scene playing opposite Jeremy Renner is another another operative uh, from the Treadstone pro, pro, uh, project played by Oscar Isaac. Oh, and yeah. he ends up in a not uh, uh, not quite a bit role, but it's also not fully fledged, fledged, like supporting role? early Oscar Isaac. right? I mean, this is long Ish. before he becomes yeah. a heartthrob with, you know, uh, Force Awakens. But now you can't help but think when you watch that movie. What if you swap these two? Like what if it like <laughs> oh, does like yeah. how does the Born Legacy yeah. go if uh-huh. it's Oscar uh-huh. Isaac on the run for this entire thing? Yeah. And not Jeremy Renner. And right. there's more natural charisma from Isaac, that is a hundred
2: percent for sure. Yeah.
1: You know, I guess we began my turn with the knowledge that like we'd never finished the sequel. It, it, it was about it's my turn was an experiential movie podcast mm-hmm. where we accepted. That we, we, couldn't, we couldn't know the destination and instead would just have to really embrace the joy of going from film to film. And, you know, what better way to uh, end it than in the middle of a cycle?
2: It was going to be the mo- – we never got to announce it, but, like, that was going to be the model for t- – to fix Waypoint 101s, which have just never worked. You want to know something? <laughs> Go back six years ago and tell yourself, don't do
3: 101s. You're never going to make these fucking work. Like, stop. Like You're going to you try three times. You can't fit an old game into an ongoing, like, games yes. media. You can't do it.
2: It's just too much work. So the thought had been that what if we, like – uh, the, you my turn waypoint 101s, and the, the bar for what you have to play to participate in the conversation is just whatever you decide to invest, or in. we I mean, do the
3: thing like Austin brought in ringers for the Mad Max uh game, yeah, and that might have been the play, also a lot like, of work, right? Still takes someone out of pocket, also, for, we have to
1: pay guests too, yeah. like, we have to pay yeah. that's that's a budget issue, yeah,
2: there's a reason that one died on the vine as, as well, well, so. R.I.P. Final Fantasy Tactics
1: Rest in peace Final Fantasy Tactics <laughs> Rest in peace Waypoint God, 101 System
2: Shock is gonna come out before you do another fucking stream Rest yeah. in peace System Shock
3: At least y'all learned a little something about Sid Meier's Gettysburg
1: <laughs> Well You know what they say Waypoint's a site that has been defined by some amount of follow through No one's quite sure how much <laughs> An amount <laughs> An attempt. Uh hey, uh you can find um what's left of our website at uh, <laughs> vice.com com slash en slash games. I guess that is the other way you, you can, can go there. Follow us on nice. Twitter um, at Waypoint. Yeah. Rob, where can the people find you?
3: Uh yeah, for now on Twitter at Rob Zachney, but man, once I get that blue sky invite, bye y'all.
1: Do I have one yet? Wait, how do I'm you fuckers there. not have some? What?
3: I didn't go, uh, like, I just didn't get, you didn't I didn't fish. go begging. No. Oh, didn't fish. yeah. So I was just like, it'll come around when it comes around.
1: Yeah. Kato? It'll happen when it happens. Where, do people, where can the people find you?
0: At A underscore Kato underscore appears for as long as Twitter still exists. Not going to be Patrick. long
1: now. Where can the but, people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me at Patrick Klovick and putting together a substack over at uh, patrickkulbick.substack.com.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. You can watch uh, Waypoint streams, uh, what's left of them at twitch.tv slash Waypoint. Uh, and you can watch my occasional Silent Hill stream, Silent Hill Saturdays, on whatever day of the week I decide to stream at twitch.tv slash Ren or
0: Raven. was a, one word. There was a question about a wording about a, a tweet about the final Dead Space. Uh, yeah, Austin stream. also
2: messaged me and was People like, really "I was, at thought it final- was like the end of."
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yes. I clarified in the
1: Discord. That's a wild. That's sure. a wild. Step but if anyone, I will put out a. T-
2: I will put out a tweet. Yeah, I yeah. clearly I'm I, If you weren't in on the joke of Dead Space having three final streams, yeah, then yeah. clearly that came. I that is that was the that final. Is my bad. There'll be at least Dead a couple
0: Space more. stream. We finally
2: final Dead Space. Dead stream. Sp- Double do Dead Space right was now.
0: finally put to rest it finally died um much like the high but it won't be the last time we stream probably i mean there's a fucking there's a fucking zelda game coming out today like (laughs) i feel like we have to do something (laughs) i want to do something
2: actually if things go according to plan there will have been like a cool surprise related to that is what i'll say I'll well, talk to you after this.
0: The, yeah, the over. podcast will be out. That, 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 that no, I know, but like I'm just saying, I'm just.
2: Happened. It'll make sense to people, you know. Uh, I, can't, I don't want to explicitly yeah. say it in case it doesn't happen. We're living
0: non-linearly. Yes, non-linearly. Yes, go. you'll know what
2: I mean if it happens. If it doesn't happen, you can't get mad at me because I didn't tell you what. It <laughs> I don't win,
0: know. One...
1: Win,
3: win, win. Maybe the cool surprise was absolutely nothing happening at all. <laughs> I power washed my deck. That's my cool surprise.
1: Waypoint's a non-zero-sum game. Probably.